You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's Wayne on Wednesday, and Wayne McCurry is from FMB Wealth and Investment, portfolio manager at that institution. Wayne. Oh, and incidentally, this is brought to you proudly, of course, by sharenet.co.za. Wayne, I saw a tweet from you this morning saying, look at the RAND, look at these stocks, and suddenly everything's changed. The RAND was 14.75 two weeks ago. It's now 13.95. Yes. Good news. Yes. yes, and that's really on the back of a couple of things. By far the most important was Moody's keeping their credit rating and their outlook unchanged. That was a positive surprise. The market was clearly geared not for a downgrade, but for a change in the outlook from neutral to negative. So the mere fact that they kept it neutral or stable was very, very positively taken by the market. And then, of course, secondary factors. It looks as though the trade war between the USA and China is going to come to an amicable agreement. And the U.S. interest rate pattern is again confirmed that it's clearly not going up and there's a chance for an interest rate cut, in fact, in the U.S. in the not-too-distant future. Yeah. And then by implication, our interest rates aren't going up either, and that we might even see a cut in interest rates in the foreseeable future, everything else being equal. So it's really just a cocktail of positive news, and maybe equally as important. You know, above 14, the RAND was undervalued. It was above fair value level. And the South African incorporated shares, the banks and the retailers and all of that, et cetera, were reasonably well priced. They were reasonably cheap. So it was a combination of all of those factors, I think. Yeah. I do think that you've painted a very asset manager, portfolio manager, optimistic picture here. And some yeah. people would say the oil price is $71.20 uh, per barrel, and that's inflationary, and therefore interest rates are going to go up. It doesn't matter what the Fed says about future recessions that are being predicted by the inverted yield curve, and therefore we've got to cut rates. The fact is that inflation, the oil price with full employment in the United States is going to push inflation into the system, surely when? Yeah, that's the funny thing. The, the labor market's been tight for a long time now. And the oil price is high, and admittedly it's $71, but that's quite frankly an artificial oil price. It hasn't been driven by excess demand. It's been driven by manipulation of supply. So a high oil price is not indicative of excess demand. And look, I mean, you none of us know the future, but Worrying inflation, the inflation you worry about is inflation that's driven by excess demand, demand-driven inflation. Yes. And for whatever reason, and probably the biggest single reason, is people were so shocked to their core in the global financial crisis. There has not been this splurge on credit worldwide, which has led. So because there's no credit splurge, there's no excess demand. So even though the oil price might infect inflation, the true worrying inflation is excess demand or excess credit-driven inflation, and that is clearly not around. And that is truly a difference between other time periods where the oil price has been driven up by excess demand, by excess economic activity. And then the one worrying factor to me, which is the biggest worrying factor, yes. is that it is also very clear that global growth prospects are slowing. I mean, the global growth rate, even though it's still positive and still growing, it is clearly slowing down. And 
that also doesn't seem to indicate a major rise in, in inflation if growth prospects are in fact diminishing. So what would you rather have? Would you rather have a, a global growth scenario that was not the 3.3% that the IMF has just downgraded it to from 3.5%? You'd rather see it at 4.2% or 4.4% and therefore with implications for corporate earnings, for example, in the future. Would you rather have that? Yeah. Or would you rather have I, this almost Goldilocks I, situation of 3.3% and a slowdown, a, a mild slowdown with low inflation? I, I quite like the mild slowdown with low inflation. Because excess corporate growth, excess growth, especially consumer growth, ultimately leads to higher inflation, which ultimately leads to higher interest rates, which initially drives the share market up like crazy, but eventually hits it on its head and you get a bear market. So I, I prefer the where we are now. Quite frankly. Okay, good. So you got this almost this Goldilocks uh, scenario. We are pre-recording this interview much earlier than we normally do for technical reasons, uh, Wayne. I'm looking at the top five major moves according to ShareNet.co.za, and on the upside, we have RCL Foods, uh, which is always up there. It's either up or down. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's either in one of the two lists. Yeah. Exactly. You got Mr. Price up five point four percent. You got Shoprite yes. up four and three quarters. You got Nedcor up four point four percent, and AVI up four point four. Previously, recently unloved stocks suddenly yes, doing really on well our flight. because of the red. And I think, and I think that that's right. And it's what I, what you and I have been talking about now for weeks now. Mm. That SA Incorporated shares are fairly valued, and you just got to get some sort of positive sentiment change, and these shares can go up quite strongly. And that's exactly what's happening. Is that these shares, Shoprite, for instance. I mean, I, man, I was honestly, other than a couple of months in 2008, I was a young man when ShopRite was still trading <laughs> at these low low valuation levels. You've never been a young so man, Wayne. You've always been a, uh, a mature uh, individual. No, I, 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 I was young once. It was a hell of a long time ago. <laughs> but they were cheap. Well, not, well, I wouldn't say cheap, but they were, they were certainly very reasonably valued. There was a lot of uh, negative news in the share price. So you can take the banks, you can take the retailers. They were all in that sort of same sort of basket and they are now going up. How long it lasts, who knows? You know, maybe we get an excess, maybe it falls down before the election. But if the election comes out positive for the new president, let's say 57, 58% ANC vote, yes. then these shares can give you a very quick spike because then sentiment will change. You know, the new president's in charge, he'll do what he says he's going to do. You have the power base to do what he says he's going to do. And that could be another extra little oomph to uh, the SA Inc. shares. Well, there's been some, not some oomph, but some oof on the downside for Sibania. Obviously, that was uh, to do with issuing new shares. The last issue. In, yeah, 12.2% yeah. down as we pre-record. Uh, Impala Platinum down 4.4%. Northern down 3.3%. Anglo Platinum down 2.9%. And Goldfields down 2.25%. A lot of that to do with the RAND, of course. Um, and th This trend broke at the end of the first quarter. And what are we now? April the... April the 10th. 10th. So we're now nearly two weeks into these these stocks coming down. Is that the end of it, you think? Look, the platinum shares, I would be very cautious about investing in platinum shares. Not only have they doubled and doubled again over the past, in a, re in a relatively short space. I mean, I can remember quite clearly, not that long ago, Impala was trading in the 20s. Mm. You know, and it's in the 60s, I think, somewhere around there now. 62, so, yeah. I would be a little bit cautious about buying the the 
platinum shares now simply because you have this remarkable situation because of the whole global diesel thing and all of this you had the palladium price going through the roof and you must remember the big users autocats they the, they're the swing users of pgm groups you can use any any autocat in any converter so people can use palladium as far as possible because it used to be cheaper than platinum yeah so they everyone started they converted their factories to palladium now palladium just call it double the platinum price they are converting like crazy to convert their factories back to using platinum in the autocat So this massive gap between platinum and palladium is going to close quickly. So it'll be good for the platinum price, but it'll be extremely bad for the palladium price. So in total, the PGM price grouping could in fact go down even for South African producers who produce more uh, platinum than palladium. But the one that could suffer the most is actually Stillwater, Sabanya Stillwater, because they are massive palladium producers. So they've had a huge benefit but that gap between platinum and palladium has got to reduce platinum is um, let's call platinum $900 an ounce let's call palladium yes. 136 $1350 yeah. an ounce yeah P- palladium was $1600 an ounce 3 weeks ago so it's fallen yeah. 250 and platinum at the same time was only 800 so th- this gap has closed yeah. dramatically uh, since and it's going then to and will continue growing. to do so yeah I think so, yes. So I would be very cautious about buying into the platinum shares now. You know, a lot of the value managers, and, and, and I know a lot of them personally, clearly recognized that platinum shares were a massive buying opportunity because essentially the price of platinum and palladium combined not that long ago was below the cost of production. Yes. So it had to improve. But then again, they bought these platinum shares two, three, four years ago and have been suffering badly, but they have clearly got payoff in the last year. I mean, strong payoff in, in the last year, but I wouldn't go into them now. People, of course, are, are saying that Impala Platinum is um, going to go to 200 rand per share. I'm looking at it now at 62.08, and if I can just get the share performance uh, from ShareNet's uh, excellent system, as long as I can work the blooming thing. There we go. Price 10 years ago was 238 rand and five cents 238 rand and five cents and it went down to the low 20 or next no 27 28 wasn't it 16 in October last oh, year. Oh, it even it was lower than that. Okay, I didn't even know it got yeah, that low. Let, let, let's just say just, just below 20 you know, rand that's a share. A, that's a commodity share. I'll give you an even better example. Go on then. Impala, uh, uh, um, uh, Kumba Iron Ore yeah. in 2008, I think was 650 or 550. It went to 20 and it's now recovered significantly, but it's still way off that 600 or 650 higher in 2008, eh? That's a resource share for you. These things are volatile. Fifteen ninety one, the low on Impala. Anglo American PLC. Should we call it fifty two? Fifty two rand a share. Yeah, it, it was down from five fifty to fifty two. You know, so these resource shares, Gosh, they, they they ultimately are not long term hold holes. No. If you're lucky, you can get the trade right on them. If yeah. you're lucky, but they're ultimately not long term holds. These are incredibly volatile shares. 
But if you get them right, you're in you're in Mauritius. Or you're in the bouncy. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, Wayne, what are you doing at the moment? Do you believe the rand below fourteen? Are you going to say that yes. it's going to go to thirteen to thirteen fifty, and therefore the well, SA Inc stocks will do well because the election, which is only yes. a few weeks away now, is going yes, to that, engender some kind of optimism from international investors? What is your what is what, ex- what is your that's thought? That's exactly what we're doing. That's exactly what we're doing. But we're fully aware and cognizant of the fact. That fair value for the RAND is somewhere between 13 and 14. And that the RAND is a structurally weak currency over time. So let's just say we get the 13 or 13.50 after the election. Then we will aggressively take money overseas. But where we're sitting now, we're sitting with banks, retailers, overweight and underweight RAND edges. Hmm. Interesting. It can change, obviously, very quickly, and you have to be a little bit careful. Yes. But um, if this trend becomes entrenched, then, goodness me, it'll be a bonanza because these things have been beaten up for so long. And They've there been are some, beaten up totally, yes. There have been some really, really unloved stocks on the JSC. That, I don't say they deserve to go up again, but if you look at something like Aspen below 100 Rand a share, surely, yeah. surely Aspen, once it's sorted Aspen's itself got, out, it, it'll, it, it, it can be 50% higher maybe quite soon. No, it, it can, but Aspen has got unique let's call it company issues more so than macroeconomic issues. So you can argue hmm. the fall in the banking shares, the fall in ShopRite, et cetera, et cetera, is macroeconomic South Africa issues, not necessarily company-specific issues. But Aspen is more company-specific, i.e. they got too much debt. Yeah. Okay, well, hopefully they can manage their debt. Hopefully they can sell the right things rather than the wrong things. I know there's big things. potential. There's, there's big potential to come right there, but that's more related specifically to the company. When you sound quite buoyant about the uh, about the market, which is good news. Uh, your optimism is yeah. always going to be cautious because you're too experienced to be too optimistic. But you, you sound you sound a little bit more ebullient than normal. Yeah, but look, I mean, I've, I've actually been quite bullish for the, for the since the start of this year. The moment the U.S. Federal Reserve changed their interest rate outlook, I became quite bullish about the South African mm. share market. Well, about share markets in general. But an opportunity investors must look at quite carefully is SA listed property. These things are seriously cheaper. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I was I was genuinely a young man last time that SA listed property traded above the long bond. You keep on saying that. I was properly a young man. Yeah. So there's big opportunities, and maybe even in our bond rate itself, there's opportunity. Mm. You know, you're getting a four five percent real yield. That that's good over time. From the bond market, it really is, and you're getting you're getting that and higher in the listed property market, and, also and that's that, a good return over time. There's an interesting article on uh, Business Maverick today, penned by Tim Cohen, who used to be at the Business Day, talking about the uh, about the carry trade as well. And when you look at the South African bond market, and you look at the the, the way the rand is performing. And it's yep. relative stability compared to previous times when it's been a little bit scary yep. for international no, investors. The carry trade is suddenly big a, big, a big story again. Yeah, well, look, US bonds are trading at two and a half. Ours are trading at, call it, nine. Hmm. So you're getting a nice carry there. That's huge. Lip-smacking stuff. Wayne, thanks so much for your time. That's Wayne McCurry from yeah, FNB yeah. Wealth and Investment. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za.